0: Guys, today, we are going to um, continue our series that, that we started on how to uh, escape things that are um, out of control in our lives. And I, can, I, I think I can say this with a surety that there's probably every person here is, can probably name something that is out of control. In your life. So I believe this is a good message, a good series, I mean. And um, I want this also today, specifically today, to be a warning shot. A warning shot for some of you that are dabbling in this particular area. And so uh, let today's message be a warning shot. Early in our series, we talked about, and I told you that every Destructive uh, attitude, um, every destructive behavior, uh, every destructive action that we take can be traced back to one of three things. Do you remember that? It was pride, and we talked about pride in one of our uh, messages, and we said lust, and we said greed. Okay? No one realizes. Uh, the, the power that these things can have over our lives until you've been tempted, until you've been lured into uh, something by either one of these. And today, I want to draw your attention to a topic that has hooked, that has hooked both men and women, and that's lust. My title today is avoiding all shades of gray. (laughs) Guys, this is an issue that with all of our young families here at the bridge, I felt really compelled and important for us to share and talk about as it's so prevalent in our world. Even among our children, And that's what's sad, even among our kids. In our culture today, a lot of people would say, ah, well, lust, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, I I mean, God kind of made us that way. Um, All men battle with lust. And I want to just stop right here and just say, hey, this is not just a man issue. Everybody hear me. It's not just a man issue. Uh, 30% of the pornography addicts today are female female. This is a human being issue. But to give you the, um, an idea of the way our culture takes this and the way our culture thinks about this, just to give you the idea of how we've been kind of twisted and, in my opinion, warped, and this is their take. Teens today and young adults, everybody say young adults, they view not recycling, not throwing away and recycling trash. They view not recycling as more immoral than viewing pornography by over 20%. If you have children, I don't know if you know this or not, but the highest users and consumers of pornography are are, are actually 12 to 17 years of age. If you have children in your home, this should right there ...have gotten your full attention. Let me tell you why this is so concerning today and these days. First of all, access. Access to this stuff that feeds into our lust, if you will... ...has never, ever been more easy to access. You can take a mobile phone. You can take a tablet like I have up here. And you can access literally anything anything secondly um, there's more tolerance on this lust issue than ever before I mean what's acceptable on television today uh, on and I'm not talking about I'm talking about prime time networks years ago would have been considered shameful shameful And so the standard of what is considered acceptable has gone way, 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 way down just in my lifetime, just in my lifetime. Now, listen, today, if you're not a Christian, I'm just going to tell you, you're off the hook today for some of what I'm going to say, because you haven't decided to follow Christ yet. You haven't decided to to take on his commands and what he's done, but maybe there might be something that I say today that draws you in and you recognize that something is wrong with the way that people are living today. But if you are a follower of Jesus, then we've got to take the words of Jesus seriously. And here's what he said in Matthew chapter five, verse 27. Jesus said, hey, you've heard That it was said, You shall not commit adultery. Now, what's Jesus talking about there? You've heard what it said. He's talking about Moses, right? The Old Testament and the the Ten Commandments, right? He's talking about that. I mean, I would think everybody would probably agree that probably adultery is a bad thing to do. I think that that everybody would think that. But then Jesus, in this same verse, he, he raises the standard and he says, But I tell you, he says, I say that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Heart's a big thing to Jesus. Today, I want you to imagine, if you will, that on these two giant screens here on either side of me, that maybe we could put up every single thought that you've had in the last week for everybody to see. How uncomfortable would that be? Have you ever been praying and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Where did that thought arise from? I'm supposed to be a Christian. I'm talking to God, for goodness sakes. Where did that idea come into my head? I'm supposed to be a Christian. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, The wrong desires that come into your life <laughs> aren't anything new. It's nothing different. He goes on, he says, Many others have faced <clears throat> exactly the same problems before you. And there's no temptation that's irresistible. But I want you to focus in on this next statement. God, everybody say the next word. Will. Will. God will show you how to escape. God will show you how to escape. I find this verse reassuring. First of all, it says, hey, I'm not the only one going through this. Um, It's one of man's oldest problems. Started, dated back in Adam and Eve, mainly Eve. Um, (laughs) that's good. That's good. (laughs) It's not a sin to be tempted, guys. It's a sin to give into temptation. The Bible says even Jesus was tempted. He was tempted in every way like we have been, and yet he never sinned. The Bible promises, though, here in this verse, he promises that God will provide a way out. He will provide a way of escape. And that's what this series is all about ways of escaping those things that are out of control in our life. And so today I want to talk about ways of escaping this temptation that we're talking about. And the first thing that we want to talk about is, and the most, probably one of the most important things, is, is to commit to God's ways in our life. Be willing to, in advance, do what the Bible says in Psalms 119 verse nine it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. By living according to your word. Yeah, I wanna ask you a question. Where do, you, where do your values, where do they come from? I want you to think about that for just a minute. Where do your values come from? Well, I, you know, probably some of us get it from our upbringing, but where do they get their values you know, probably some from their upbringing. Where do they get their values? Where do you get your values from? Your personal values. What's your influence, the things that influence the values in your life? Is it popular opinion? Is, is, was it a popular opinion for your grandparents? Was it, Was it? you know, everybody's doing that kind of thing? Is it, is it? Was it our culture? Is that where we get our values from? Where do you get your values? I recommend to you... The best place, the safest place to get your values is to consult the creator. Consult the creator, the one, the, God's instruction manual, the Bible. Consult that. It's stood the test of time. Uh, it's provided guidance for years and years. It won't lead you wrong. Make a commitment to whatever God says. Make a commitment. Whether it's right or wrong in the eyes of other people or whether it's the popular or not, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. In today's message, and by the way, I feel like this is more of a teaching than it is a preaching effort here, so I just let me teach you. There's some verses I want to be sharing with you that talk about God's specific standard in relation to sex. God says sex is to be enjoyed in marriage, in marriage. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Some of you say, man, if God would really love me, he'd... Wouldn't restrict my freedom like that, and I could, you know, I should be able to do whatever I want to do. How many of you um, who have children love your kids? Raise your hands. I want to raise them high. Dustin, he can raise his hand now. <clears throat> How many of you let them do whatever they want to do? Raise your hand. <laughs> No, absolutely not, because you love them. You want to protect them. I mean, you got rule. you put rules, you make up rules not to show your authority, but to, to, but to protect them because you love them. And listen, until you settle that God's word, God's word is for your own good, to protect you, to set a standard for you in your life, you're going to fall for all kinds of temptations. The next thing I want to talk about in ways is to preserve your marriage. Ways to escape temptation. Now, for those of you that are married, preserve it. And in in Proverbs chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, here's what it says. Um, It says, rejoice in your wife. Rejoice. In your wife. Let her charms and tender embrace satisfy you. Let her love alone fill you with delight. Now, contrary to popular opinion, God is pro sex. It was his idea. Uh, God made the trees and he said it was good, he made the seas. And he said it was good. He made uh, the animals. He said it was good. He made man. He said it was good. And he looked at man, and he was all alone, and he made woman. And he says, it was very good. Very good. Everything else was good. But when he made woman, it was very good. Yeah. It was very good. But the point that I'm making is not hers. (laughs) <laughs> not <I'm> teasing. <laughs> they are b- very good. But the point that I'm trying to make is it's his idea. It's his design for man and woman. Rejoice in your wife. The Hebrew means for rejoice, glitter, sparkle, excitement. The first time Adam saw Eve, I think he probably looked and said this is not like any other thing he's created. This is not like the, uh, the animal. This is not like the tree. This one looks a little like something I'd like. This looks a little something like me. Yeah. He said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And Then it says in this verse, it says, be satisfied, which means he's saying, don't compare. Don't compare your mate. There, there's no such thing Everyone, there's no such thing as a perfect mate. Crystal can attest to that. Some of you may have thought, well, maybe I married the wrong you know, guy or gal or whatever. Maybe uh, he's still out there. The grass is not uh, greener on the other side of the fence or, or this side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. And if, you, you, if there was more courting in marriage, there would be fewer marriages in court. Um, And and, and I read that, so that's not mine. (laughs) Keep your love life alive. The fact is, while you're married, you will be attracted to other people. And God says, redirect that attraction towards your mate. Rejoice in your own mate. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 7, verse 5, it says, if you're married... Sex is a spiritual responsibility. The Bible says, "Don't deprive each other of it, gentlemen." You can thank me for that later. The next thing is, it's important to understand how temptation works, and we need to manage our mind. Manage James chapter one verses fourteen and fifteen. It says, "Listen to what it says." It says, "Temptation." Is the pull of our own, everybody say our own, own. is the pull of our own evil thoughts and wishes. These thoughts lead to evil actions. The point here is that the battle starts here. The battle starts in my mind. If the enemy of our hearts gets our attention, And then he gets our feelings. And then if he gets our feelings, he gets our actions. You say, man, I would never do that. I'm just dreaming about it. Who are you kidding? Manage your mind. Look at the salesman. First thing he does is he gets your attention, right? And then he moves into the feeling stage. Like, hey, try that coat on. Uh, When you try that coat on, you're going to buy that coat. You'll like that coat. Um, Or here's one. Uh, Sample this uh, cookie dough batter. We went to uh, North Carolina and took our leadership. I had no idea that they had a cookie dough fetish. Um, All of them. Um, I'm the only one that doesn't like cookie dough. I want my cookie dough cooked. Um, And they they, uh, walked into this poor guy's restaurant, our place, and um, every single one of them, I'm not talking about one, every single one of them tried every single one of the flavors before they chose which one they were going to get. And you would have thought we were in heaven after they scooped out two scoops of that stuff for them. Um, they, they, uh, but the point is, is, this guy was happy to let them try it because he knew what was going to come next. Get, get, get in the car and take a test drive. If he gets your feelings, the salesman, you're a goner. Thoughts determine feelings and feelings determine action. And here's the key. The key is to change your mental thoughts. Like I mentioned before, I mentioned in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Adultery starts in the mind before it ever gets to the bed. Lust is not a physical, it's not physical attraction. It's not being aroused. That's just the way we were made. That's humanity. Uh, you see a nice-looking woman or a nice-looking man and, and, and you're attracted. Lust is not desire. Lust is the desire to possess. You might say, "Please take away all those desires, Lord." Well, then you're saying, don't make me a man or a woman. Because that's just humanity. That's just who we are. Lust is a desire that says, "Man, if I could, I would. I'd possess that." It's what you do with those feelings. It's not the initial feelings and reactions. That's just that's just part of humanity. God gave it to us. David. David walked out one day and he saw this gorgeous woman. Now, this King David could have had anybody. And he saw this gorgeous woman bathing on her rooftop. Um, I'm thinking that she probably wasn't in her swimsuit. But he saw her bathing. And the initial arousal, if you will, wasn't sin. The sin was that he went downstairs, thought about it, and made a plan. And pretty soon brought her into his home. That was lust. Lust. Manage your mind. The next one that I want to talk about is to evaluate. If you want to escape temptation, you need to evaluate media intake. Now, this one hits all of us. Not that the others didn't, but we're in a a sex saturated society or culture, and, and we're being bombarded by visual and verbal stimulation almost every minute of the day. Lust, guys, is a big, big business. I think we need to be aware of that. Um, A lot of the the love songs are not love songs, they're lust songs. They're not about love, they're about lust. You stand at the checkout line at Walmart, for goodness sakes, and you see it on the magazine rack. Um, uh, It's in our commercials, all throughout our commercials. It's all over, movies and television. Uh, uh, Boy, it's getting quiet now. It's getting quiet. Listen to me, this is why it's so important. Americans spend about one third of their free time watching television. The average parents, the average teenager spends more time in front of the television than any other activity besides sleeping. Michigan State University did a study, and the average teenage girl has watched 1,500 sex acts or references to sex acts by the time she graduates. And it's a little less, believe it or not, for the boys because they're more interested in sports and less interested in soap operas. 94, 94% of sex on television is between people who are not married. You need to evaluate your intake. The Bible says that the eye is the gate to the soul. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, then your whole being will be full of light. But if it's bad, full of darkness. Guys, what you see and what you watch is ultimately, eventually, what you could become. <laughs> I grew up in a church, in an organization... Where TV was a no no. Um, I'm not talking about leadership. I'm talking about if you want to be a member of the church, you don't own a te- television. They always used to say that TV would influence how you live, that TV will influence how you dress. That TV will influence how you act. And to be honest, as a young person, I would always say to myself, it won't affect me. I'm being honest with you, that's what I said. But look at our society today. TV and movie stars, aren't they the ones who set the trends with our fashion? Hey, how about violence on TV and on the movies? I'd say that's a little out of control, wouldn't you? And guess what? So is violence in our world. I take it back. It does affect me. But not just me, it's affected my kids, it's affected my grandchildren. And if we don't evaluate what we're feeding ourselves, Today, it's not just the major networks, is it? Today, they give you all kinds of opportunities and and different avenues and different paths of entertainment and sources and selections like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. And I watched some of them. And I noticed, here's what I noticed. They have absolutely, the networks almost don't have any filter. But these guys have no filter. There's no filter. Scientists tell you that you never really forget Anything. I mean, it's always stored somewhere up in even if it's in your subconscious. And we wonder why you get into this this crazy thought while you're in the middle of prayer with God. Psalms 101, verse 3, David says, I will set no vile thing before my eyes. Hey, if you're serious about victory in this particular area, we need to evaluate. And and monitor what we allow not only for ourselves to see but our children to see, um, and to go into our minds. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty two says, "Now listen." Uh, the first word here is something that I haven't done in a long time. <laughs> I'm just now getting ready to play some basketball or some um, some I'm playing some racquetball, but the full out run. It's been a long time since I've full out run. But you know what the Bible says? It says run for your life. It says run from everything that gives you evil thoughts. Run from it. Run from it. It's, it doesn't say, hey, you know what? I, I, I'll, it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, kind of step aside a little bit. I'll, I'll set it on the shelf for a little bit. No, no. It's, it's not what it's saying. It says run from anything that gives you these evil thoughts. But it says stay close to anything that makes you want to do right. and When it gets out of hand, guys, and you're watching something that gets out of hand, refuse to consume it. Garbage in, garbage out, as they say. The next one. Is this okay so far? Ways to escape temptation is to reduce temptation opportunities. If you don't want to get stung, stay away from the bees. Don't place yourselves in in, in where you know that you're gonna. You know you're going to be tempted. Don't put yourself there. All of the trees of all of the trees in the Garden of Eden, Eve plants herself next to that that tree. Why did she place herself right next to the one tree that she wasn't supposed to eat from? Why did she do that? Doggone it. <laughs> she messed it up. She couldn't help herself. I it would have, me being the good guy that I am, I would have been, uh, that tree wouldn't have been nowhere in sight. Somebody said, yeah, right. (laughs) You don't know me. (laughs) No, you do know me. Because I'm a human being and all of us do the same thing. We get right up to it. Right up to it. We're not doing it. But we get right there. I mean, like, whoa. Pretty soon you get close enough. What would have happened she not even gone near it. I mean, like, built something around it or something. Not even gone near it. What would have happened? We're human beings, right? She would have climbed the wall. Good point. You need to recognize the circumstances that turn you on, that that weaken your standard, that cause you to be aroused or stimulated or whatever. Be alert and be aware and avoid them. Avoid them. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, be careful. It says, be careful. If you're thinking, I'd never behave like that, let this be a warning to you, for you too may fall into sin. Some of you are thinking, man, I've been married long enough. This stuff is not going to impact me. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? The fact in the Bible says, you know what? Uh, uh, the heart is deceitful and despitefully wicked. We can fool ourselves very easily. And the fact is that nobody, there's nobody that's immune. Nobody. Given the wrong situation, we're all capable of doing anything. And you have to put guards around your life and set up guidelines and standards to keep you doing what is right before the Lord instead of what everybody else says is okay to do in this culture. Another thing that you need to do, and I want you to listen close to this, is you need to choose your friends carefully. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. We all tell our kids that. Why don't we do it? it? It is well documented that most affairs, guys, occur between couples that are already friends. They're good friends. People who, people who condone or encourage lust or, or make light of it are not your real friends. When you choose your close friends... You'd better be certain that they're committed and faithful to their own marriage, or they better not be your best friends. Why? Because uh, uh, you're better than them? No, no, no. no. In fact, maybe the opposite. Maybe it's because you're not good enough. We're all immune to this. All of us are. Minimize the opportunity. Hear me on this one. I want you to hear me. It, It would be better to change jobs than to be unfaithful to your mate. Reduce the opportunities and change careers. In Matthew chapter six, verse 41, keep watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The last one I have today, and we'll end it, is ways to escape temptation is to magnify the consequences. We need to... to magnify to ourselves what's going to happen if we do that. Of course, before we do it, ask yourself with every temptation, no matter where it is, where it comes from, what level it is, is this worth it? (laughs) Temptation is incredibly short-sighted, especially immoral immoral temptation. Uh, But man, let me tell you something. There are massive, massive consequences to breaking God's laws here. Massive. I've personally heard the heart our hurtful cries and the damage that's been done emotionally and spiritually and relationally and mentally to people. When, when we break God's laws, guys, we don't break them. We break us. I should say they break us. It always causes bitterness. It always causes guilt and disillusionment, and it causes, um, it causes strained relationships, it causes hurts, and, and, and it causes us to break our fellowship, the worst thing, with God, which is what I started off with in the very beginning. It brings judgment on our lives. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. No matter what our culture says, no matter what our society tells us, it's not worth it. Magnify the consequences. When the devil is tempting you, he says, you know what? It's not a big deal. Here's what he's doing. He's maximizing the benefits and he's minimizing the consequences. And the Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. Guys, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. Sin is is fun. You you can get your kicks, but let me tell you something. The kickbacks aren't going to be fun. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 and 6, says, this is God's will for you. How many want to know what God's will is for you? Here it is. He wants you to be holy and completely free from immorality. The Lord will punish those who do such wrongs. I think God's serious about this. He, he takes a hard line on this stuff. You say, I know, I know guys and girls and who totally ignore what God says, and they're totally you know, getting away with it, so to speak. L- listen, God doesn't settle all accounts in 30 days like we do. The Scripture says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will eventually reap. And i got to tell you something. I've already been on the, the negative end of that one. I've been on the positive end of that, too. I believe it's true. I believe it's inevitable. What I sow, I'll eventually reap in my life. It's just a matter of time. Now listen, if we're supposed to magnify the consequences of giving in to temptation, I think we ought to magnify the consequences of resisting temptation. The benefits of that. And I just want to read one verse, and we're going to leave it at that. In James chapter 1, verse 12, I could just say this first word, blessed. How many want to be blessed? By the best. How many want to be blessed? You know what? Is um, I'm sorry, I, I'm not a good enough speaker to to draw your attention in. But guys, I know that in your life, if something is going on and it's going wrong, you're you're always you know, you wish at that point, man, I wished I was blessed, so to speak. How many have been in situations like that in your life? Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with yourself. Maybe it's with your career. Maybe it's with whatever, finances, whatever. And all of a sudden you begin to think, man, I wish I was blessed. Wish I was blessed. James chapter one, verse 12 says, blessed is the one who perseveres over temptation. Because when he has stood the test, He's going to receive the victor's crown, the life God has promised to those who what? Who love him. The result of resisting, oh man, guys, that's going to be incredible. That's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. That's the life God promised to those who love him. I'd like for all of us if you would to bow your heads, close your eyes. No looking around. I gotta have the worship team begin to make their way up. I think just draw in for a moment here, because I think some of you are saying, "Steve, this message is too late for me." And you know, I wish I. I wish I heard it, you know, last week or last month or last year or 10 years ago. And I want you to listen to me, those of you that are even thinking anywhere along those lines. And I want you to listen to me really, really, really close, closer than you've listened all today. There is Forgiveness. There is forgiveness through Jesus Christ. There is an ability to start over. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there and you've done it. There is an ability to start over. Jesus Christ says, I will wash you clean and give you a new life. A new life. I say this a lot, a lot. It doesn't matter where you've been. Here's what matters. It matters. What matters most is the direction that your feet are headed in right now. And I challenge you today to say, you know what, I'm gonna do something about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look after these, these steps. I'm gonna go, I, I'm gonna be a person of purity. I'm gonna ask forgiveness. I'm gonna receive forgiveness. And I'm gonna forgive myself. And I'm gonna offer forgiveness to others. And I'm going to go on with God. There is, guys, there is forgiveness. And, and, and the, conse- or the conscience, if you will, can be cleared and clean. You know how? By the grace of God. And only, and only by the grace of God. Guys, I, I, I intend to remain faithful to Crystal for the rest of my life. Why? Number one, I love Jesus Christ and and, and I owe him everything, every, everything that I have, I owe him. To hurt him would be unbearable. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And number two, I love my wife and my kids and my grandkids and I couldn't bear the thought of hurting them. And number three, I fear the wrath of God. This is a serious issue with God. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6, the man who fears the Lord shall avoid evil. And that's a healthy fear, by the way. It's a fear that says, you know what? God doesn't let people just get away with it in this particular area why because it destroys people it destroys relationships i'm going to wrap up here today you may be here today with everyone's eyes closed heads bowed you may be here today and you're struggling with one of most one of life's most destructive destructive behaviors this temptation of lust. And I I pray today that you take these ways that we talked about to escape seriously. Remember the Bible, what we said last week, the Bible says nothing. And if I could say that word a thousand times, nothing, it wouldn't be enough. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God forgiveness guys is available to you
1: be still my heart and know you are God alone stop thinking so much and just let go be still my soul and rest humbly I confess in my weakness your strength is perfect for you alone our God there will be no other and you have won my heart more than any other so I
0: the bridge uh, for this weekend I don't believe it was an accident I believe that God knew exactly who was going to be here today and you know, what, what we all need all of us I always say uh, there's nothing that I say up here that it, I'm not saying right back to myself we all need this all of us no one's immune as I said well, let's pray before we leave. Lord Jesus, we know that um, as I just said, this is uh, a human issue. All of us are dealing with it. And today in today's culture, it's, it's desensitized this whole thing, this whole issue. And of course, that's why we find ourselves in the positions that we do today. But God, I pray that, that there, are, that the people that are here today, whether they're struggling with it now or they're, you know, you know, it's something that they've been dabbling in or whatever, you know, the need, you know exactly where it is. I pray God that you would, um, intervene. um, And I pray that you would uh, intervene in such a way that you would recall your words to them. These words that that we shared today. And we know, God, that that it's up to us then to to do, to follow after, to act on it. And God, I, I pray that for those that are struggling with this so much that they feel like, man, they're all alone in this thing. I just want to give them the assurance that they're not. That, that, that this is a very common thing, as Scripture even said. It's nothing different, but it's resistible. And that God's going to show a way of escape. And so, God, I pray that you would allow them the feeling, that they would open up their hearts to you and that you would allow them that feeling of forgiveness. God, that that's not something I don't think that has to be, um, you know, over time or or something that is, uh, you know, a week or two or three or a month or a year or whatever. We got to work ourselves through this, but God, it's something that you can do right now, right now. And I pray that these folks that are here today that are struggling in this area that that they realize that it can happen right now that they are forgiven right now based upon the level and the sincerity of their own hearts with him that they can be forgiven right now in fact in fact i want to say it a different way god they are already forgiven you've already forgiven them you've already died in forgiven them it's now a matter of them accepting that thank you jesus thank you lord Thank you for each and every person that's here today. God, lead. God, guide us. Protect us. Watch over us. Bring us back next Sunday. We love you. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And your many blessings to us. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Love you, guys.
1: For you alone, our God, there will be no